Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to episode 158 of the Square Ball podcast with Levi Solicitors. 10% off your legal fees when you mention the Square Ball. Head to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the Square Ball. I'm Dan Moylan. With me is Michael Normanson. Hello. And Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. Back then, are you? After you missed the match ball at the weekend. Unwelcome is what I'm getting. Very frosty response from Moscow. I noticed he was not pleased with my absence. Although it was, it felt quite liberating, didn't it, to lose the baggage and to really just be able to knuckle down and do a good podcast at the weekend. Best podcast we've ever done, I think. I listened to it. I thought it was awful. Unlistenable. Well, you get us at the first half of the week. We now have another podcast. You've probably seen the news. If you haven't, let's break it to you now that we've uh, we've linked up with The Athletic and we are bringing you the Phil Hayes show in the second half of the week. What a treat that's going to be to bookend the week where uh, we get a guy called Phil Hay. Don't know if you've heard of him. I have. It's going to be great. Start the week with this chump. Michael, and then I'll get a, a treat with Phil later on. Michael's not on that show, is he? It's just you and me and him. We can arrange that, I'm sure. I'm sure we can arrange it. Very yeah, harsh. Some actual genuine insight and knowledge. Yeah, somebody who knows what they're talking about, who actually, you know, has some information and news. We're going to have to be a bit bit more um, bit more responsible and well-behaved, aren't we, for that one, I think. It feels a little bit, you know, when the Ofsted inspectors are at school and that's how the teachers <laughs> behave themselves. Have we discussed if we're allowed the explicit tag on that one? We haven't actually. We yeah. genuinely haven't. We should probably clear that, shouldn't we? Have, we? Yeah, we have to watch our P's and Q's and F's and Jeff's and uh, and not mention fucking Steve Morrison too often. Well, that show is free and you can grab it via the Athletic app and all the sort of big podcasting apps. Have a look on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple and so on and so forth. Eyes peeled as well for our winter special, which is available to pre-order now on our website. 148 pages of glorious content. And the theme, go with us on this one. It's League One because it's 10 years since we escaped that hellhole. Yeah, it's mostly about the good season when we did escape. Um, And you'll come out of it, I can say this with confidence, feeling good about Michael Doyle. That's kind of, that's my big teaser. That's worth six quid of anybody's money. You should just go and pre-order it now. It's Michael Doyle propaganda. He's paid his, he's basically put a lot of money into this as Doyle. Doyler. (laughs) Well, if you want to get your hands on that, pre-order it right now on our website. And if you're looking for Christmas gifts and stuff like that, clothes, mugs, all that sort of stuff, it's at thesquareball.net. Well, happy days then. We stole the Kevin Nichols shield at the weekend, right at the death, being Luton Town 2-1. I mean, obviously you weren't there to give us your thoughts on Saturday, Michael. What are your thoughts on it now? I mean, I've only seen the the highlights courtesy of the Luton commentary and, and steal it we did from what I've heard. We, they don't deserve that. They don't deserve that. It's a foul, Ref. Ref, that's a foul. Was it a, was it a filthy cheating performance from us? 100% start to finish, just we were... Awful. It was every, everything you've heard about Reeves dirty leads brought back to life. I saw Kiko kicked a ball quite hard at one point. Mm, out of the stadium, in Unbelievable. fact. Unbelievable. I mean, they cost 30 quid, those balls. <laughs> Minimum. It would be helpful if Luton had a stadium that was bigger than, like, eight rows. Yes. 
yeah, it was it was like going in the the upper tier of the West End. Do you remember? Um, do you remember back in the well, you might not, but in the eighties, there was I think it was on like Football Focus or something like that. The documentary about the old guy who used to be behind the stand at Shrewsbury because you know Shrewsbury's ground backs onto a river, so they used to employ an yes. old fella who used to paddle up and down in his rowing boat and collect all the balls. That's what Luton need to do, but just somebody to prowl in the gardens. We were somebody pointed out on Twitter that Mrs Jenkins tulips wouldn't have been in bloom at the moment because they don't they bud in spring. Um, so it perhaps would have been her, I don't know, what plants do you get in winter? Weeds. <laughs> I mean, I did see the pictures of that Leeds fans are taken overlooking those gardens. It wasn't exactly a Chelsea flower show from, from what I could see in there. Just be grateful that we're in West Yorkshire and not in Luton, that's all we're saying. Yeah, the garden city of Leeds. Absolutely, yes. We were dominant the game, but we kind of get in that same struggling to score feeling, which Bielsa has pointed out in his press conference since, that we're still quite inefficient, but defensively we're better. Yeah, he was saying it was 24 crosses before they had one and they had one and scored from it, which isn't great. And about having, we need 16 chances to score twice and they only need one. But he's quite uh, phlegmatic about it. He just said, well, as long as we keep getting 16 chances, fine. It's when, uh, yeah, it's when when there's a game where we come away, we've made two chances, then everybody should probably start worrying. But if it takes us 16 chances to score and we keep creating 16 chances in the game, will score. We so. need someone who can cross like that that lad who put the cross in for them. What was his name? Can't remember. Big big hair. Never seen him before, but uh, yeah, look, looks pretty decent. Should maybe take a look at him. Well, Bielsa was uh, lashing himself a little bit, wasn't he? Do you think he does this like sincerely? The, the kind of, we're seeing performance levels out of Brown that we didn't see at Leeds and that's my fault. Do you think he means all that or is he just playing the game a wee bit? There's an element of truth in it because who gets sacked at the end of the day? Managers get sacked. So, He's not wrong to say that all the decisions like Izzy Brown not working out, like he would take the rap. Because Victor Orta is perfectly entitled, as Marcelo Bielsa's boss, to say, I got you a really shit-hot Chelsea loanee who ripped up the championship for Rotherham and Huddersfield. Admittedly, he only had one knee, but you didn't use him. He cost us an absolute fortune. What the fuck, Marcelo? So that's the, the flip side. And Bielsa, I think, is a little bit more aware of his responsibilities in in that regard. Whereas, you know, you could imagine Neil Warnock's like, not our fucking fault, is it? <laughs> he's fucking signing his fucking injured who did the fucking medical. Um <laughs> won't get away with this on the Phil cast, will we? <laughs> no. But then Warnock could blather all he likes, but then he gets sacked. So Bielsa is just like, yeah, if I don't if I don't get Jack Clark playing, it'll be me who who loses my job? I'll have Jose Mourinho on the phone. I did wonder if there was a little glimpse of why maybe he didn't play Brown in the in our opening goal, though, because he went down and then just sat on the floor complaining yeah. while we broke and scored. Whereas Bielsa would be obviously, if, if Stuart Dallas was in that situation, he would have probably got back and tackled Bamford at the other end because he <laughs> likes to play everywhere. But do you think we've been spoiled a little bit like that? Because I watched uh, Villa against Newcastle Premier League match last night and I found myself thinking, why is nobody running? Mm. It, they, they all look very static and they probably weren't. It's probably just normal. We've been treated to Bielsa, you know, working them to death. But, but it pays such dividends when they work as hard as they do because there were moments where and you single out Grealish and I saw Grealish just sort of strolling round not really doing anything he'd pass and then just potter about in midfield and I thought if that was click he'd be absolutely busting a gut to be getting up into the attack and that's that's kind of the difference between what Bielsa does and other managers yeah it's part of the whole Bielsa what he brings is I mean we had click the year before he didn't run he didn't do any of this stuff and um, Stuart Dallas wouldn't have particularly chased a player from from one end of the pitch to the other, but Bielsa comes in and he says, 
you're a really good player, but if you run as well, you'll be even better. And the whole, the, only, the thing only works if you run. Izzy Brown, some players go with it. Obviously, all the players we've got now have gone with it. They've bought into it and gone, all right, I will. Um, there was Phil Hayes' article about their diets this week, and they're all like, yeah, I'll eat all the right food. I'll, I won't go half a, a gram over my weight, and, um, and I'll get fit, and I'll run, and I'll run. Whereas some of them will be like, Izzy Brown will be like, fucking hell. We'll have to, don't and really then they fan, don't play. Don't really fancy it. Yeah, absolutely. Just going back to our, our inefficiencies. Can you put it all down to inefficiency, or is there a, a certain amount of bad luck? Because you look, you know that sequence of play. You know where Bamford hits the post, and the keeper makes mm. the save. It's like, and then Phillips, yeah, absolutely storms through about four tackles, which I've not seen many people talk about. But he was brilliant the way he got the ball back and then skips to the edge of the box and has a shot. Yeah, and then there, was it Harrison who? Didn't manage to put it in the net. Yeah, couldn't get to the... The keeper saved it and then managed to get it again before Harrison got there. It's not for the want of trying then? No, but it's also because they've got like 10 players in their penalty area. So Phillips did really well to get that shot away, but in a different match against different opposition and us being a different team, if that was the Premier League, it might have been just two defenders in front of him. He can just swing his foot and have a volley. Instead, the ball comes to him and he's got four defenders that he then has to skip his way through before he's got a sight of goal. So it's a combination of those things. And also, yeah, there's there's some luck involved. I mean, Bamford's shot against the bar was pretty unlucky. I was looking at the internet fantasists who scored.com and <laughs> they made their keeper man of the match and the heat map shows basically their hotspot is in the six-yard box. Yeah, it says, yeah, I'm looking at it now, yeah. Which kind of explains the way the game went. Yeah, that's the other thing is that their keeper was absolutely brilliant. And... Uh, was in the Arsenal youth team with Luke Ayling and presumably Kyle Bartley as well in that case as well. So I don't know why the fuck Luke Ayling's letting get away with that. But yeah, you're coming up against a keeper who he's most of his career at AFC Wimbledon. So my match report for for the square ball was all about how it felt quite like third round cup tie. You know, you've got that tiny stadium, you've got an AFC Wimbledon keeper in goal who who used to have a, you know, he came through the ranks at Arsenal, so he's got some pedigree, but now he's a postman. Um, and then, and the... Not to patronise Luton or anything. <laughs> no, but it, it, well, I mean... We did, did patronise them heavily in the run-up to this, didn't we? I put it quite nicely in the the way of it, because I like that we played Luton this year. I We talked about it on the, um, the Extra Ball last week, that they are, uh, in my mind, they're a first division Premier League club. That's where they should be. That's where, they, yeah, because, and they would be much more... You'd much rather have that stadium in the Premier League than than one hundred million pounds worth of Pride Park, for example. At least it's still got some some soul and some interest and some quirk and and it created something on the day. I think where you had because uh, Leeds, all our matches are basically set up like giant killing cup games, particularly against the lower half team. They just stick ten behind the ball and try and play on the counter. They've got one decent player like Izzy Brown who. I suppose in this analogy, he'd probably be about 40, doesn't run, just stands up front and can ping passes, put a cross in. That's essentially me you're describing. (laughs) (laughs) And then it needs, uh, it could just as easily, I mean, to have been that last minute winner for Luton instead of for us. That would have been the, uh, you could imagine John Motson going wild about it, but we, um, we did the job. It was nice to see their keeper's reaction, just talking about the keeper, to that goal going in the last minute winner, which Bamford's claiming, by the way. He's claiming that he's he got a touch on it as strikers he's would do. Entitled. He's got, every he's got three goals according to you in the match ball. Yes. Okay. The one against the bar. Okay. And then These expected two. goals. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, the keeper's reaction was glorious. It was. It had a real nice touch of like under 11s football about it. Child, his, a child tantrum. His mum's gonna have to come on and put her arm around him and be like, "Come on, you're all right. It's just a game. It's not just a game." <laughs> <laughs> and a nice moment. And we got there in the end. And as we were saying on the match ball, actually, the pair of us, it was uh, we deserved it on balance, didn't we? Even though um, their boss didn't seem to think so. He was all right about it, wasn't he? In the end, he was a bit annoyed about their. Oh, he said, yeah, football's cruel and there's no romance left in the game all because they didn't get that free kick and the the dislaid goal and all that kind of stuff. And um, as I say this, um, an alert's just come up on my phone that says uh, EFL have confirmed that the winner was an own goal. Fucking twats. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he, you know, he had... Uh, the, the thing that stood out from his press conference older, <laughs> Graham, was that um, he didn't show some of the video clips to his players of Leeds before the match because he didn't want to frighten them which is quite incredible <laughs> I didn't want to scare them <laughs> <laughs> no I actually heard his voice but I assume that's how he talks <laughs> looking at his face it sounds like it's like um, a puppet or something like that like he's got a puppet he's delivering it through maybe I don't know it's like Richard Hammond <laughs> <laughs> you completely throwing me off now I don't know where to go with that <laughs> unlucky <laughs> Well, we're still better off anyway than we were last season. And that's that's the only thing that counts, doesn't it? Uh, this, does this season feel... I mean, I, we're going to talk about this later on in the week, actually, when we, we launched the, the Phil Hay podcast. It feels a bit more business-like this season to you, maybe. Yeah, I feel like we've been there before. And we're not actually... I feel like at this point last year, things were starting to go maybe a little bit wrong. We were seeing, seeing a few cracks in it, whereas this year we're a, a well-oiled machine. We're just going to win every game to the end of the season, maybe. Yeah, this year I feel like we're getting better. Yeah, I was going to say not 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 by dramatic leaps because no. I think that's what maybe threw us off last season. We started so well against Stoke and then Derby that it was all a bit of a surprise and it was it was nice, mm. um, but we got a bit carried away with that. Whereas now we're just kind of gradually ramping up. Yeah, possibly like one of the, I know one kind of Red Bull doesn't make a summer, but seeing Jack Clark actually come into the team on Saturday, how was he by the way? Because obviously we, we've written him off as being uh, finished. Yeah, he was he was terrible. <laughs> Absolute waste of a shirt. No, he was he was fine. His job was kind of just to stretch, get some proper width, get on the, the touchline and then pass back inside. He did some good uh, overlaps with Dallas storming through, more like underlaps, actually. So he was fine, but just him getting back in the team is just a sign of like, oh, well, maybe he is getting up to speed and maybe for the rest of the season we will have a, a useful Jack Clark and then Pat Bamford starts scoring. And it's like, oh, okay, maybe we don't have to go and sign... Vidra and whoever else in January. Maybe once Enketia's testicles are straightened out, we'll have two decent strikers and and Bamford's also untwisted his knickers and started scoring goals again. So I was going to say untwisted, I think, is the word that you wanted for uh, Enketia's testicles. I think they just, they iron it, don't they? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I, I really hope not. What I was going to say with Jack Clark is, even if he's not hugely effective all the time, what he does is he offers something different yeah. to a tired winger who's been dealing with Pablo Hernandez or Helder Costa or whatever it might be, you know, whoever's been playing against him. It's just a different way of thinking. And, and like the muscle memory is different, isn't it? If you're used to dealing with Costa, who maybe goes on the outside and Jack Clark suddenly goes on the inside or whatever, you know, it's just a different way of having to handle somebody when you're more fatigued. So of course, when Nketiah is fit, he will be dropped like a stone <laughs> again. Good to see uh, Liam Cooper back though. That was important to get him back on the pitch. Um, just to calm that sort of slight panic that had got into uh, into our game. Yeah, it was weird what happened um, after their goal with those sort of 10 minutes where we we lost control. And uh, as we were saying on Saturday, he is 
him and Ben White are our first choice centre backs and there. And he's the captain as well. And um you wouldn't have said it four years ago, but yeah, you probably if Cooper's fit plays, that's what Bielsa said about Pablo Hernandez coming back in. He was asked like, was there a, a question of, you know, was he going to come back? He said, Well no, when he was fit and he's ready to play, he plays. And it kind of feels like Cooper's got to that that point. Well much as I love and dearly cherish Berardi, particularly for the uh, centenary shirt and his handsome face. You know, we're trying to get promoted, so we need to not fuck around and just have our best team out as much as possible. And then when Berardi has to cover, he will do a really good job. Thanks once again to Levi Solicitors for the support on the podcast. They are a Leeds company on board with the Leeds podcast and they cover all sorts of areas of law, including personal and commercial services. 10% off your legal fees if you mention us when you contact them. Have a look at all the services that they offer at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Hey, you mentioned Pablo just there previously. He signed a new contract and that's nice. It is nice. Who'd have guessed he'd still be here now and, and still be here? Well, who'd have guessed he'd still be here at the end of his 40th year or whatever, however old he's going to be. <laughs> Who'd have guessed he'd be playing in the championship when he, he nipped off to Qatar when he was on about still a relatively young man. Yeah, that always feels like the, the move of somebody who's kind of given up a little bit, doesn't it, of, uh, of going off to play in like the Middle East or maybe to a lesser extent these days, but the States. Clearly had enough of Gary Monk and then he got, got sucked back in at Leeds. By? Uh-huh, by Gary Monk, <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe he wasn't so bad. But no, good for him. Um, and it's great to have him around and his experience and his calm head and just that little bit of quality. He's still got it. He's got the magic. We've discussed before as well how he his basic plan is to just stay at Leeds for as long as it takes for us to get promoted. So I, I hope for his sake we can do it sooner rather than later because yeah. he deserves, it deserves at least a year in the Premier League, I think. Yeah, we don't need to extend this contract again. No. Although I did notice he was signing his contract with his his kids there and I didn't know if maybe one of them was being groomed as a potential successor it's like you can't retire until this lad is old enough to, to be in your place so he's, he's only given, seven given he's like 11 <laughs> you've got a lot of work to do another 10 years Pablo that's all we need <laughs> Pablo creaking around but no he's a, he's a key part of the team and he's, he's obviously Bielsa loves him so who are we to, to disagree yeah and the, I mean there has been some discussion about him getting a two-year contract and the fact that he will be so old uh, by the time he's done. But I think we kind of discussed it with the click contract as well, that it's essentially, it's we've given him however much money that total he's supposed to get over the two years to stay. And then it's just you just play as often as you can and you, you've just got to assume that that money's going to be worth it. Think- it is worth giving him some money just to keep playing for Leeds until his legs give out. And if his legs, if he does get to 36 and he can only manage a few sub appearances, I reckon we'll have had our money's worth anyway. So I'm not too worried about it. I was going to say, the type of player he is, I can see him lasting a fairly long time as well because he's not all about pace. I know he, in the past he has been reasonably quick, but he's not particularly quick now, is he? But he's, no. the Bielsa says he's, he's up to scratch with everyone else fitness wise. But I can see he'll just change his game because he's got the intelligence to do it. If he realises he can't run as much, he'll not run as much. And if he can't run as fast, he'll not need to run as fast because he'll just be playing a slightly different role. First first yards in your brain. How old it? was Strachan? Strachan was about 38, wasn't he, when he left? Yeah. And there was a, an interview with him recently where he said there was a game... Bananas, that's all he needs. Bananas and seaweed pills. Uh, porridge, was, don't forget the porridge. True. Um, there was a game at Liverpool, which I think is one that's maybe come up with us before in the 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 Brolin season um, where he said he was on the pitch and he just realised yeah he, he was trying to tell one of the younger players what to do and they were just looking at him like shut up and he, he wasn't getting near the ball and he just kind of realised like yeah I'm, 
I'm done here. I think that was his last game. He packed in after that and went to... Uh, I carried on playing for Coventry because I guess it doesn't matter how you play for Coventry, does it? You can be shipped, don't matter. <laughs> well, <laughs> Just on, give the ball to Peter Unlove and see what he can do with it. On Pablo, Victor Orta some nice words as well, saying that he thinks he's one of the best players he's worked with in his whole career. Better than Yusuke Diguchi. Better than Lawrence de Bock. I mean, he's putting him up there with Paul Chibitsky here. One of. So. One of, not the... <laughs> oh, okay, so it's... He's, <laughs> There's room he's, there. He's in the top three with Grot. <laughs> you never know, uh, Grot might yet come good. He might. I mean, we'll probably still be paying him after fucking Pablo's retired. And Pablo wants to stay, and that's great. And he is he's so integral to what we do. Just this kind of Spanish-Argentinian, this Spanish-speaking axis that we've got, I think he kind of, he feels very important to that. And I've no idea if he wants to be a coach after he retires, but mm. I sort of feel we should make him. <laughs> well, he owns that team in his hometown, doesn't he, Castellon? Which I'm sure is how it's pronounced. So he's kind of, he's got that interest. I'm sure he could employ himself there. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm, I think he could uh, certainly continue to serve us. Nail his boots to the low fields. We'll do that. Uh, a name you mentioned just before there, Moscow, mm-hmm. uh, Vidra. Oh, yes. That's one that's reared its head again with him not getting game time at Burnley. Talk of him going out. I mean, would you accept him? No. No. He's a piss-taking little prick. Why is he a piss-taking? I look forward why, to welcoming why, him in January. Why is he a piss-taking little well, prick? Because when we spent all summer trying to sign him and he... The story seemed to go that he made, him and his agent had that stop off in City Square. Which is right next to the train station, we should add for the benefit of anybody who doesn't quite know Yeah, they went and had lunch outside specifically to try and uh, piss people off and (laughs) like create some Vidra to Leeds noise. And I think um, the vibe from the the club in general is they just, is they wanted to sign him, but they just weren't impressed with the way he was going about basically using us to get a better deal from Burnley. A stalking horse, if you will. Yeah. So he can go and shove it up his bollocks. <laughs> and that was two years ago in which he's not really played. No, exactly. He's been crap for Burnley, hasn't he? They so... had to buy Chris Wood to make up for him. So he's done us over twice. <laughs> exactly. So an, an older, less used Vidra. Seven and a half million pounds unless as well. he, Unless he wants to come for free and play for like 500, 500 quid a game. You don't think he'd maybe useful in the whole... How deep are you digging it? Hey, there we go. Is it full of snakes? We've got a comedian on Put him in a hole full of snakes. As the, I mean, I don't know much about Vidra, because as, as I've mentioned... He's shit. Well, no, many times on this podcast, I don't really know much about the championship, I don't I mean, care. He plays, well, he plays for Burnley. He so was good, he was no, no, good against us. But what, he was very good for Watford. But that's the point I was making, is like when he was at Derby, I didn't know anything. I don't care about the championship, I hate it. I want to get out of it. <laughs> I've only been forced to pay attention because we've got Bielsa and we're going to win it. But... um Prior to that, no interest in it. So I didn't really know what it was like as a player. And that's why I wanted to genuinely ask, was he decent at that point? It was him and Forestieri for Watford tearing us apart at one point, wasn't it? Was that the we lost 6-1? I think it might have been the 6-1 game as well, yeah. So I think that's one that kind of, that's why it sticks in the mind. So a lot of people are like, oh, he was good in that game. But you think it was fucking years ago. I might as well get, I don't know, uh, Alan Shearer always used to score against us. Rob Earnshaw. Yes. <laughs> uh, what about this other guy, uh, Rianne Brewster? Who's that? That's a Welsh... Girl. Okay. I can only imagine. She sang Umbrella and other hits. I just I wasn't coming in then. I wasn't going to answer you and justify that joke because it was terrible. A 19-year-old good Liverpool youth player um, obviously has a good reputation because Liverpool fans won't allow any of their youth prospects to not be the second coming of Dalgleish. So... Uh, yeah, and apparently Jurgen Klopp has said he can go on loan. But we can't, have any, we can't have any more loans. If we send Jack Clark back then we can still have too many. To go develop under Jose Mourinho. And it could also be if uh, if Eddie Nketiah 
goes back. I don't know who who are the other ones. Harrison won't go anywhere. Costa won't go anywhere. Meslier. I mean, we can have as many as we want. We just can't play them all. He does seem like he'd he'd be a replacement for Nketiah, If anything, yeah. he's kind of a, a fairly he's shortish anyway. Shortish, quick, unproven. We've already we've already just, kind of got that, and we like Eddie, so let's just keep him. Eh? I think it's just clickbait, and it? it's like he's been. Has said he's. Where did it come from? The internet. The, the rumour, well, where from specifically? The internet's just, a big place. Yeah, I think it was not even worth attributing it. AOL. Bullshit. Came from AOL. <laughs> I asked Jeeves, who are Leeds being linked with. I think it's that. It's like Jurgen Klopp has said he can go on loan, and so there's just a big list of clubs that people will, that, that have fans who will click on this kind of story. And he'd cost and it, us millions. He probably would. Bruce D. Just, just loan it. Yeah, and there was mention of like... I got uh, the reference there and I liked it, Michael. Well, oh, thank you. Better, than, Bruce, his Rih- better yeah. than his terrible Rihanna joke. Well, at least people got that. But there was mention of, as well, like uh, um, Liverpool put in playing time clauses in their contracts as well, so we wouldn't be able to just Jack Clark him. And I think we should always have that option. <laughs> Fully clarking him up. Yeah, just Jack him right off. That's um, probably the wrong term. <laughs> <laughs> With the under-23s in mind, you see the Wigan game and the flashbacks in that one. Down to 10 men and 2-0 and all that kind of business. <laughs> that was freaky, wasn't it? We saw it through. We saw it through. Uh, the thing to know, and no one Kenny made his debut for the 23s. Yes, the, the next hot shot. And then Alfie McCalment fully Pabloed it through to Jordan Stevens, who Jordan Stevens shouldn't be able to run that fast. That's when you can tell players have played with each other because... You were looking at where all those players were as the ball went through and you're thinking, oh, I'll probably play it wide so that mm. Stevens can cross it in. And instead, McCalmont just put this incredibly speculative through ball. Like, right, now, I'm actually going to put it there. And even though it's about a mile away from him, he'll get there. And he didn't he did. break stride at all, did he? It was just because, yeah, like you say, when the ball first arrives with McCalmont, the obvious quick ball is just nudge it wide, get people in the box. But no, just holds it, holds it, sees himself running. And the pass is just... So perfect. Mm. If, if you've not seen it yet, it's worth watching. I know it's the under-23s and we shouldn't get too carried away, but it's one of the nicest passes I've seen. There's almost a hint there of what Leeds United's first team could be like because I think if that situation had developed in the first team, it would have gone wide because Wigan, I mean, we'd caught them on the break, but there was only about two or three players in the penalty area, so McCalmont had the space to be able to go, oh, Jordan Stevens is going to be able to run in all the way. Whereas I think if it was a first-team thing and Pablo Hernandez has that ball, he is probably looking forward and says, right, there's no way I can get him through there. So it would have gone wide to Harrison and then he would have just like shanked it at a defender or out of play. Or what happened for the, the winner against Luton, it, where we have to chip it over about six players to get to the byline for Click to get on it. So there is almost as an illustration in the under-23 sometimes where there's not that pressure teams aren't Opposition teams aren't going all out to try and defend their way to beat us. They get a little bit more room. And also, I think we can look fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> a quick word on the centenary kit draw. That finishes at the end of this week. Uh, so if you haven't yet done it, it's your chance to win the fully signed centenary shirt, which was handed to us gloriously. We've got it picked up this week from uh, Gaetano Berardi. Our colleague Oddie had a lovely time meeting him for lunch, didn't he? And um, met Gaetano, handed over the signed shirt, Bielsa's signature just under the uh, under the chest. And for every £5 you donate to the Leeds Children's Hospital, you get an entry into it. It's doing amazingly. It's got over £26,000 raised so far. So if you want to get involved in that, last chance to do so, do it right now then, the squareball.net forward slash shirt. 
And segueing from that into another form of generosity, Bielsa saying that uh, Radrazani's been generous. Uh, he's shown a lot of generosity. The club has had a very good group of young and experienced players. We could not hope for better facilities. He's invested in things you can't see. Nutrition, security and academy, etc. Yeah, he was being asked if he needed more stuff. And he kind of said, I can't ask for more stuff. I've already moved the plug sockets once. I won't do it again. <laughs> it is a bit rich for him to say, I can't ask for more stuff when he's rearranged the car park and had a running track installed and all the stuff. Have, have we told that tale about the car park? I think Phil Hay told it on his other his old podcast, didn't he? I can't remember. It's out there, certainly. Yeah. Um, that, the, the long and short of it was that he suggested a better way to configure the car park at Thorpe Arch and they've done it. Yeah, there was, there was lots of confusion about who, where cars were going and stuff. And he, yeah, he just redesigned it also. Civil so en- why not? Civil engineer as well. He'll probably be working his way down the junctions all the way. You'll, you'll start driving to Walton and you'll see a new road layout. Oh, imagine when he gets his hands on the M621 and finally sorts that clusterfuck out. <laughs> He'll be working his way, his way around the... Uh, the roads. I mean, I, I'm saying that he will do. If we get the new training ground at Matthew Murray and he's involved in designing it, which is quite possible, mm. then he designed newels. He will have a word. He'll about make sure that the, all the duvet covers have full Leeds United branding on, like a child. That's what he did Player, for the newels. I know uh, the players sleeping place. sleeping in single beds under Leeds United duvets like kids. And he won't want it to be in a bad area either. So Holbeck is going to be transformed. He'll probably put, he'll probably put his own money in to pay for everyone, and then Holbeck to have the house redecorated. Yeah, coming around, doing up everybody's house, repointing. I mean, genuinely, if if he can sort out and reconfigure Junction Two of the M six two one, I'd be happy. <laughs> I really would. But um, back to his point, he was saying that he doesn't need much more and he was, yeah, he was saying that the the stuff, he says it's unusual to see a chairman putting money into things that aren't visible, like they're quite happy to to sign a like Ridsdale with uh, Olivier Decor with 7.2 million written on his the back of his shirt. Yeah, that is Brewster's millions, yeah. They don't yeah. mind showing that off, but if you're saying to them, oh, you, you have to build a running track and security, and there was a... Um, that it's harder to convince them. And there was, did you see that story with um, out of Pochettino's sacking, who is obviously Bielsa's adopted child and future Leeds manager? That he said to what's his face, Levi at, at Spurs, basically what Bielsa's asked for from Leeds this season. He said, Can I have cameras filming every training session so that I have instant analysis? And it would have cost £30,000, something like that. So Radrick Zani's done it. And Levi said, uh, no, I'm not giving you £30,000 for that. And then when um, Amazon came in with their documentary crew, wanted cameras installed absolutely everywhere. Yep. So now there was like, there's a camera, there's security camera, well, not a security camera, there's a camera filming in Pochettino's office and all these places. Like, well, Amazon get cameras, but I don't get cameras. But Bielsa gets cameras. Bielsa, all the cameras he needs, very much like... uh, was it Cellino or David Haig, or do we not want to legally attribute who had the security cameras in the boardroom? I think we should move right on from that. Anyway, speaking of Cellino... A man who um, really invested in the training ground, didn't he? Drained the swimming pool. Poisoned uh, everyone. <laughs> don't don't clean it. Uh, bring your own food. Bring your socks. own socks. The socks. I looked back recently at Sam Byram tweeting at... Was it Luke Murphy or Matt Smith that he was asking, like, what are we actually doing about socks tomorrow? And like, <laughs> Sam, I'll bring you some socks. Because like, I, I really... You know, when we speak to Phil later in the week, because he did the article, you know, on nutrition, mm. I want to ask him about that packed lunch story and whether that was true around the same time. Were they told to bring their packed lunch? Oh, it, I'll tell you now. Don't wait and talk to Phil. It was, because there was... No, forget, see, forget that clown. You could see them there. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know why we're doing a show with him. He, uh, You could see the, they were tweeting about it at the time. It was, I'm pretty sure, it was like, again, Luke Murphy and Matt Smith were 
basically the the mum and dad of sorting out making lunches for everybody to make sure because fucking Alex Mowat can't feed himself, can he? I think I think Matt Smith had a George Foreman grill, so it's like right, well, you're in charge. If you've yeah. got the if you've got the George Foreman, then you you're mostly no cooking. <laughs> Asparagus? What's this? Asparagus? That was the great thing about it at the time was how much of that was out on social media. All the the players going like, "No, it's okay, Sam. We'll we'll bring you some socks and some pasta. Don't worry about it. We'll sort you out later in the week." And I'm sure there was like a link to JD Sports going around. Look, if you need some socks, Jesus. Uh, yeah, back to Chilino and matters not quite as uh, as entertaining and something we can't brush off in the same way. I mean. <sighs> seen his comments on Mario Balotelli and Brescia have claimed that it was a joke and it's been taken out of context. My axe to grind with that is that, you know what, it's probably easier all round, regardless of what your intention was, if you don't make comments based on the colour of people's skin. Yeah, particularly as regard changing it, which is essentially what his comment is. The translation of it is, um, he's black, what can I say? He's working on, cle- on clearing himself but he's having a lot of difficulty. I think what he's trying to say is something along the lines of he would, he's trying to change that to suit the media. They would rather he wasn't and then they'll leave him alone. I think that's where he's driving to, but watching it was just flashbacks to, there's a, there's a point while he's saying this, he's kind of standing up at the front of a press conference, leaning on a table, chuntering away, and somebody comes and gets a microphone and puts it in front of him so that more people can hear that. No, 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 no. This is That's not the way you deal with Cholino. You take the microphones away, you get people away from him because he's talking, and you, you don't want him talking in public because you can talk about, you know. So there is that's the very charitable reading of it, and then you can run it through translations and stuff, but that it was stated so wrongly that Brescia had to within short amount of time get a statement up on their website to say no like no this is what he meant says to you straight away that whatever language he was speaking everybody heard that and went oh shut the fuck up what what I think this is the way the, assuming that Leeds really he was not necessarily always saying things with bad intentions but he was always fucking idiotic yeah is this not somebody you would trust with a well with anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have all the shares of a football club. <laughs> well, it got them promoted. And it'll get them relegated straight, again. <laughs> straight back down again, very much as it was at uh, Cagliari. And, uh, Not for us, he never got us promoted, did he, the prick? He didn't. Uh, and another quick word just on uh, Paul Trevelyan, who we went to see last week. We um, we did mention it sort of last week, so we should follow up on that, in that we'll be releasing that. Uh, it's going to be on the Extra Ball, isn't it? And it's going to be an absolute mammoth one. We we had a wonderful day in the Trevelyan household, his studio attached to the house, seeing memorabilia, priceless memorabilia. Like He showed us, he went, yeah, there were only ever two demo copies made of Marching On Together. Here's one of them. Do you want to touch it? Do you want to get a photo? And we were like, what? This is insane. Yeah, the reason the audio isn't out yet is because it's such a long bewildering sort of trip down memory lane it's within I think within the first sort of hour we'd had tales of like Winston Churchill Norman Wisdom mm-hmm. the the penthouse uh, club the, pen, the penthouse pets and we had the playboy bunnies yeah as well as obviously all the Leeds United stuff we saw a playboy bunny tail didn't we yep pulled that out of a drawer and he's got this thing in a bag and he's got nobody has these I'm like I have no idea what this is and nobody has these and then uh, he's like playboy bunny tail oh really <laughs> Okay, I can understand why nobody has them. It was just brilliant, wasn't it? And we sat down with the microphones and asked, like, you know, when you're doing an interview, part of the technique is that you give them a soft opener and then 
you start you know, just to warm up isn't yeah it? and then and then question two is the one that you really want mm. um, and then you don't use question one when you release it you just kind of that was just to get them to where you wanted them like say warmed up one hour and 20 minutes that soft opener he, yeah. he, he spoke for an hour and 20 minutes without pausing which is amazing I mean, he, have you ever tried to speak for an hour and 20 minutes he opened hard didn't he yeah. and uh, what did we do in the end like four questions I think we did three or four questions and we were recording for nearly four hours and it got dark around us which was phenomenal yeah the point at which I was fumbling around trying to switch a light on because it was literally pitch, pitch dark <laughs> you did uh, feel like we were having a bedtime story which was quite <laughs> nice because we were all so, there was not really enough chairs in this room either so the three of us ended up sat cross-legged on the on the floor of his studio as he sat on a stool talking to us it was I am yeah. now superb at yoga yeah <laughs> I came out of there, I've never felt so supple. But the reason why it's such a long and drawn out story is because he's led the most amazing life. He's the guy who pioneered the sock tags, the crowd wave at Leeds United. He's the guy who facilitated marching on together. He made it happen with Les Reed and Don Reeve. He was the go-between. Yeah, I mean, he's he's 85 years old and he claims like his earliest memories that he used to walk over the road from his house to go and watch Tottenham play when he was three and that he can remember it all. And I believe him. So you're talking 82 years of just crystal clear recollection. So we four hours probably barely scratched the surface of what that absolute mad genius has done in his life. But we've got some amazing stuff about the behind the scenes that uh, when kind of Don Revy had said he'd had enough of yeah. the kind of razzmatazz, but how that razzmatazz came to be. And actually, because I always did wonder, I was like, why is it that Leeds United are doing this crowd wave? Where has all this stuff come from? And when you hear his background, you then start to understand exactly why the Rasmataz was introduced to Leeds and what the idea came from. It was really, really informative in terms of joining the dots, didn't you think? Yeah, and you're going to have that all out really quickly, aren't you? Well, four Editing. hours of all, I, I don't even know where to start with it because there's points where he's wandering off and just going through his drawers and showing us stuff and, you know, it's just the most phenomenal story. So, well, I'll figure that out and we will put it out on the on the extra ball and uh, they are good extra ball as well this week. It's going to be a Neil Warnock tribute special part one. So much stuff. I mean, tribute. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be probably taking the piss of him for quite a lot of it, but still, we'll, we'll be talking about him. Yes, his, uh, his early encounters with Leeds United. And if you want to get involved with the Extra Ball, have a look on our website, thesquareball.net forward slash the Extra Ball. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, we've got Reading tonight, so... Don't the, care. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be out probably just before kickoff, uh, so it won't give you much time to digest it. So we'll probably refer you just to the match ball, really, for that one. Is that fair? Bielsa said nothing's going to change with the squad. Cooper's going to start, possibly. Yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of um, interest with them being managed by Mark Bowen, who I always remember. Wales had a penalty to qualify for World Cup 94, and the idiot smacked it against the crossbar. I remember watching it on BBC Two. I think. And I was absolutely gutted because it, it robbed Gary Speed of the chance to play in the World Cup final. And I've never forgiven Mark Bowen for that. I don't, I mean, he obviously has the weight of a country, has also, they've never forgiven him either. Um, but I specifically hope we beat Reading just for that little bit of uh, justice because Gary Speed, I don't know if he ever went to America. I mean, I'm sure he went to America, but it's not that far away. But he didn't get to go to a World Cup. And he's saying it's an honour to go up against Marcelo Bielsa. It's an honour to play in a World Cup as well, well you prick. Because he remembers how he was allowed with Mark Hughes to watch Argentina's training session ahead of them playing Wales in 2002 and could tell he was spe- a special coach is the word that he used. It should have, uh, Bielsa should have made him take a penalty, penalty to score one too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we have a session on uh, penalty taking today. Uh, but that's nice to hear. I do wonder if that sometimes plays into the, the psyche of these different managers that some of them really want to kind of thwart Bielsa, but others actually are a little bit in awe of him, do you think, sometimes? They should, he should wants to show his respect. Just he let us beat them. Roll over. Just let us, like last year, just a nice, what was it last year? 2-0? 3-0? 3-0. Even let Pat Bamford score this year, I say. I mean, do the he, right he, thing. He did score last year, didn't he? But just then missed about seven other chances. Yeah, I remember him just... Yeah, having chances after chance last year. Yeah, Bamford owes us a... Um, he owes himself that hat-trick tonight. It's got to happen. What do you fancy for tonight then? Winning. Yeah. I mean, not just fancying it. Do you think it'll happen? Mm, yes. Yeah, why not? A triple win, should we go these, for then? These Leeds wins are costing me a fortune, by the way. I had my monthly statement through from um, from my betting account. I've lost £45 this month. So everyone feels bad for me. It's not all. It's not all wins, is it? They might shut you down, and then on to Middlesbrough at home at the weekend. The return of Jonathan Woodgate, who says the league table is lying. Yes, um, it's worth. I hope you can put the audio in on this because it's incredible. Have you heard it? I haven't heard it, but via the gift of editing, we will splice it in here. No, it's lying though. <laughs> well, people say people say the the league table. <laughs> Tells the truth. It's not. It's lying. And that is quite something. She's lying. Sorry, <laughs> Jimmy Nail. <laughs> Another cultural touch point for the kids there. It's really not a good sign when you are Jimmy Nailing your own career. Yeah, they're rubbish. At this point last year, they were second in the league. What has he done? To <laughs> They've not lost loads of players either. They, I think um, Flint went off to uh, to join Colin and then... Stuart Downing left but they've not lost like the heart of the team hasn't been ripped out or anything he has moved um, Johnny House into right back well a right sided centre back he was he was playing on the weekend <laughs> was that before or after they went down to 10 men does he think, think he's be- before does he think he's Bielsa is that what it is because he's trying to get him to play this this attacking uh, possession based football but doesn't seem to have the first idea about how to implement it <laughs> I did notice they seem to have played quite a few formations this year when you look on whoscored.com they've, they've kind of it shows predicted lineups and it, for the various formations and they've tried a few different things 
and basically none of them have worked. This is the problem with with where we are in the league and because we are so good is that we really sound like we're being arrogant arseholes when it comes to discussing every other team in this league, doesn't it? But they are terrible. I mean, we've been terrible for plenty of years in the past, so maybe it's our turn to be good. But even, you know, you, you look at these lot and they really are bad. They're, what, 21st now, I think, in the league or something? When we were bad, we did say we were bad. We never we never came in here and pretended the Scott Wooten... The table's laying. We never said Scott Wooten is actually, you know, should be in the England squad, but the lying, the lying bitches at the Football League are keeping us in 15th place. I mean, I don't know if Woodgate thought he was back in court with Michael Dubry again when he's fracking over there. He's laying... But we should beat these lot as well. That's the thing, isn't it? We should win every game in this division. There's only kind of your games against some of the top top sides that you think maybe we'll take a point here. But we we set out to win every game, and we probably should win every game. We should. I mean, they've not won for ten games. They do play Barnsley this midweek, which is going to come after this recording. So they, they might have got a win uh, before they play us. But yeah, ten no, games without a win. Barnsley. Ten games without a win. That's no, that, not good. No, enough. that'd be nice because it'll just keep them in a job long enough. I suppose so. It might be quite amusing as well to get some. Uh, some pre-match Woodgate where he's a bit more bullish. It's like, hey, they've turned the corner. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> you heard. <laughs> uh, but they are really, really bad and we should beat them and we will beat them, won't we, Michael? Yes. I won't be obviously backing us to beat them, but um, but yes, we should. They just seem to draw loads of games. Seems to be their, their current thing. The death, just death by draws is going to relegate them, but we can, we can surely win. What are you feeling for the weekend, Moscow? Yeah, this, we've got two more wins ahead of us. It's going to be absolutely easy. I mean, Moscow, given it's your favourite, do you want to run through whoscored.com's strengths for Middlesbrough? Um, the, we, have we got long enough? Yeah, I mean, settle down, everybody. None. Team has no That's not, that's no not common, is it? <laughs> what does it say? Team has no significant strength. Yeah. Weaknesses, he's got plenty of those. Finishing scoring chances, avoiding offside, defending against skillful players, defending set pieces and aerial duels, which I mean, they've got Daniel Ayala and that other freak at the back, so I don't know what's wrong with them. Uh, the style of play is basically just trying things as well. Yeah. They take long shots, they attempt crosses often, they attempt through balls often, they attack down the right, which That'll be Johnny House I guess the anyone can do. Oh God, roll on later this week when we speak to Phil and get some genuine sort of insight <laughs> onto how Middlesbrough play, because this is awful. I mean, if you do want... Uh, like a statement of how factually incorrect this podcast can be at times. It wasn't Mark Bowen who missed that penalty. It was Paul Bowden. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> and let me tell you, I will leave that in there to make you look a fool. I will not be editing it out. But I'm still, I mean, I, looking at it, I don't well, why think... Didn't, why didn't Mark Bowen take it? Should have had the balls to stand up and... He wasn't playing. Oh. <laughs> it's not even Welsh. I think he's Welsh. <laughs> that was a joke. But he, um, yeah, he, he definitely was not... Um, he was not part of that game. What's Paul Bowden doing now? Can we can we chase him down to, to give him some stick on a future podcast? Every week we like to pick heroes and villains. Somebody who's made us smile or somebody who's made us frown across the last seven days. Uh, so we start off with the Ken Bates Villainy Award. This one's been with the podcast since pretty much day dot. Named after Ken, who made us sad quite a lot. Uh, Ken, what's he been up to? Because he gets the first nomination, I should add. Yeah, I just thought this time he, he once exchanged what sound like risky text messages with Chileno about the Arabs. I have got a clip from the Yorkshire Radio or Radio Yorkshire, I can't remember which it is, which just goes to show the excruciating pauses I left in my impression of him last week and not exaggerated. So joining us on the line for his uh, regular weekly chat is the former Legion United chairman, Ken Bates. Ken, how are you doing? Good afternoon. Very well, thank you. Good stuff. Um, I think we'll start uh, this. Enjoying all the exciting... Uh news coming out yeah say we've got plenty to talk about um about this week um let's get on with it then 
<laughs> so we'll, I think we'll start off, of course, looking at Leeds United. Uh, season's over, ending in a 1-1 draw, just missing out on the playoffs. And I think the big news to come out today is that uh, Massimo Cellino's reportedly selling his stake within the, or in the club within the two weeks. Just kind of what have you made of Massimo's time at the club and, and Leeds just missing out on the playoffs this year? Well, Massimo came in uh, with uh, the Arabs. And I was very amused by a, a, um, a text I got from him about a year ago. He said, Ken, having dealt with the Arabs, I now understand fully we were, we were blank, 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 blanks. I can't use the words over there, really what he called them. He said, but you were perfectly right. The poor, poor person having to conduct that interview and deal with those gaps and <laughs> just laughing along. Get on with it. Get on I was trying to get on with it, Ken, but um, okay. But I thought you I thought you slipped into a coma. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, that's painful, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. Did you bring those back? Like in amongst the uh, the winter special stuff, um, Ben Fry's name cropped up again, and it was just like it was a flashback to uh, a dark, terrible time. I mean, that's not Ben Fry there. Ben Fry had the good sense to get out of it while Ken was still compass Do you remember when they filmed these? They had the, yes. Uh, then they had um, Ken Bates was sitting in a Yorkshire radio studio opposite. I can't remember the name. It was a poor woman. He just used to look at him with this saddest expression on her face. It's like okay. Ken, I have to ask you about the latest political news. Yes. And then she just sits there looking at him. It was awful, like for an hour. Uh, so Ken's got his weekly nomination. Can't win, but who else are the candidates for villainy this week? Izzy Brown? Mm. Done more for Luton in that game than he ever did for us. There's the stuff been uh, reported since that we couldn't see on the, the screen so much, but he was uh, giving it big licks for both the goal that he assisted for and then the one that was disallowed as well. Apparently he was right in front of the Leeds fans, giving it everything. Did, did the Leeds fans give him much stick? I don't know. Does anybody care about him? <laughs> I never got any stick when he was here, did he? It was all just fine. Everybody really wanted him to do well. We needed that size replacement and we we needed him to be to weigh less than 16 stone. Um, and Izzy Brown wasn't willing, <laughs> willing to comply. So, I don't know. I mean, it all could have been so different had he scored that free kick against Derby. I mean, what a fairy tale that would have been. I mean, it was all set up for him. He had that moment. I remember it distinctly. And I allowed myself to think, yeah, Izzy Brown is going to be the hero of this entire season. Uh, And he wasn't. It was a fucking shit free kick. The worst I've ever seen. Jesus Christ. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I didn't realise it. Why did they let him take it? Who, surely somebody should have pulled rank. Somebody else on there. I think, Kiko, I think Kiko Casilla would have had a better chance of scoring that. <laughs> I think heads, heads had gone by that point. Have they not seen him do that in training? Somebody out there was like, oh, come on. He's never going to score this. Calvin, be a leader, be a hero. Smack him down. What do you think of Calvin's set-piece delivery, by the way? He's good at corners when he first started doing them. He seems to have caught the, the disease, the, the first man disease. It is a very long time. We've scored one out of a hundred and something corners this season, haven't we? And the last time we scored direct from a... Well, the last time we scored direct from a corner, I think, was Matt Heath before that in uh, 2007 against Colchester. Prior to that was John Charles, wasn't it? The last time we scored a direct from a free kick, I think, was um, 
Eddie Lewis in the, uh, the playoffs. <laughs> so it's been a... Would you one? Let's put it that way. I think maybe tonight's the night where we get a corner in Bamford and a header. That's that's tonight. He's, he's due a header. Set pieces are lacking in class though, aren't they? There's a way of scoring. Yeah. I mean, a nice free kick, fair enough, but a, a dirty old corner just thrown into a six-yard box. It's a bit mixerish, isn't it? It's a bit worn off. Pathetic. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll stick to just trying to play through balls into a, a defensive 20 Luton players. <laughs> that's much more our style. But yeah, back to Izzy Brown. Hadn't realised they'd been giving it large in front of the Leeds fans. You don't do that. No. Uh, who else then? The uh, Simon Pitts. Has he unlocked his account yet? The the Luton commentator from Saturday. Should we have a look? Obviously, Michael's had the chance to catch up with his nonsense now, <laughs> given you couldn't be bothered on Saturday. I enjoyed it a huge amount. The one where he's going, it's a foul ref. It's a foul. He's tripped him. He's yeah, we, tripped him. We, we talked about all that on Saturday. I know, I did listen to it. But it was just great to, <laughs> it was just great to hear him just over gonna, and over again. I'm going to nominate you as well for not... Lack of commitment. The, uh, yeah. 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 Okay. You're, the, you're basically the Izzy Brown of this podcast. Uh, latest, oh, we've got a match. Uh, I'm just going to sit at home eating cake. You were eating cake, weren't you? I was for some of the time. Yeah, exactly. Leeds have got a game and you're sitting at home eating cake, not getting involved in the match ball. Yeah, Simon Pitts was the uh, the Luton commentator uh, at Simon Stato P. Do you think his nickname's Gravel? Still locked. <laughs> Do you think his nickname is Gravel? Uh, still locked, his account <laughs> is. so. Um, Simon Gravel doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Gravel Pitts. Oh! <laughs> it's a Wu-Tang Clan joke. I know, it's just... Yeah, just humour. Just making him explain it. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks, Bosco. Um, yeah, he was he was laughably bad at his job as a looting... I mean, you've got to have a little bit of objectivity, surely, as the commentator. I mean, I know that you listen to, like, Noel Whelan on Radio Leeds and he's heavily pro-Leeds, but not like that. Not yeah, like I mean, that. if we were... If we were getting relegated like they are, I doubt Noel Whelan would be giving it the full 100% get in when we're, you know, we've got a consolation in the game when we go down. Whereas I'm sure Simon Pitts will go into the, you know, the 90th minute of them when they've been relegated 10 games before, screaming about the injustice of it all, when, you know... Had we, we had we been given that free yeah. kick against Leeds? Yeah. Uh, anybody else then? I think that's a lot. Michael, obviously the clear winner. It's quite a fallow week, isn't it, really? Because uh, we won and everything's been quite all right. Yeah, it's awkward when it was just international football and then us winning games. Uh, do we want to put Cellino in or not draw any further attention to his, shall we say, uh, misstep? I mean, he's Breskia's problem I was going to say, it? the shame isn't ours on this occasion. No. Although the press will probably go out of their way to make it our shame, won't they? No, Former they're... racist Leeds thug. Yes. Was, bought his racism off wish.com. <laughs> 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 so, uh, who's having it then? Michael. Oh, come on. Give it to Pitts. I mean, I'm, I'm torn between Pitts and you, Michael, because you did show a distinct lack of commitment. What was it, a family birthday? Yeah, my father-in-law's 70th. I mean, that's not even a blood relation, is it? Relation by marriage. Not your dad. Do they even count? <laughs> yeah, it's hard to explain that though, isn't it? <laughs> Where are you going? I'm going out to see my friends. <laughs> All right, let's give it to Simon Pitts then. One more thing for him to cry about the rest of this season. And everybody should, uh, should tweet him and let him know even though he's, he's locked his account. He'll need to know that he's won something. It's the closest he's going to get. Uh, right, let's pick ourselves a hero then. The Andy Hughes Hero Awards. Who has done good by us this last seven days? Your nominations, please. Patrick Bamford. What? This goes counter to your clear agenda against them, man. He is a hat-trick hero and great. And also, uh, when we complain about Izzy Brown giving it big to the Leeds fans, um, I loved Pat Bamford giving it to the... Uh, Luton fans. Was that genuine, his tweet afterwards about him going back to get the uh, the fondue set on? I think it was. So, yeah, he's had a good weekend. Uh, when he gets cocky, 
And when he gets, he starts scoring goals um, and he starts having a bit of fun. I like him cocky and bullish. We need that out of Bamford. We do. It produced some great mother, well, I guess mother-son I was going to say fingering, fingering, <laughs> fingers, fingers no directed, fingers directed towards Pat Bamford. Dear Lord, explicit tags again. Won't get away with this with Phil. Yeah, but as he as he walked around the pitch, um, the, I think the the mum got involved first, kind of going, oh, "Fuck off, yeah. fuck!" And then the son comes and joins. He's about ten, and he starts joining in too, and it's great. Isn't it? Yeah, thank you for the people who did send us the double wanker gifts of that that kid. Um, it was much appreciated. And yeah, when Pat starts eliciting those kinds of. Uh, those responses. He's all right. Next thing, he, when he's when he's full Bullingdon club, going smashing champagne bottles in, in a in a restaurant and pissing on know, tramps. And I mean, maybe not that far. And I'm sure he's he's too nice for that, isn't he? But uh, but yeah, go and uh, remember, Pat. You are a privileged boy. Use it. Who else? Luton Stadium. Not really a, a person, but an entity. It's an entity. It's a great thing, though, isn't it? You don't see it anymore. That that kind of walking through terraced houses, looking in people's gardens and stuff. It's it's a nice, it's a lovely throwback, I think. I'm glad it's still there. It reminds me of when I was young. <laughs> At some point, though, Luton will move to some boring out-of-town stadium, won't they? And everyone will hate it. They've got plans. Uh, their new stadium is actually closer to the town centre than that one. And uh, It can't be closer to houses than that one, though. No. And looks like it might be okay. I think there does seem to be that thing where we've gone through the window of everybody just building the same stadium everybody's now like you know, like that forest green rovers guy wants to build it out of grass and things everyone's like well we'll do a little bit more so I think yeah I mean it's so much a part of Luton's identity that they couldn't out of town themselves away from all that well it's, it's like us it's like the West End is in a terrible state and clearly needs replacing it's going to be replaced with something big and shiny and glossy and chromey and glass all through the back of it and it's going to look amazing but I'll miss the West End I would hope that the new West End when and if it comes does still have like the same sort of brick style facade like take some of those 1950s just have a nod design to the, the red cues. bricks yeah and bring back the um, asbestos Maybe just some asbestos detailing would be nice. You could encase the asbestos in perspex. I was going you know, to make it safe. Like an ironic feature. Yeah. I was going to say the, <laughs> the old blue entrance can make a comeback, but if we want to fill it with asbestos as well, I don't have a problem with that. No, you're right, and we need to get onto them about this before Radrazani does something batshit mental instead. He builds a big, um, a big statue of somebody doing a salute. Himself? Mm. about three feet taller than he is it's... no it's a life-size statue I assure you <laughs> R- Russell like a button at the bottom where you press it and Russell Crowe's voice comes out this is Radrizani a giant among men you, uh, you get that every time you put your ticket in at the turnstile it doesn't beep anymore it just goes Radrizani is great <laughs> welcome to the Radrizani stand who else Kappa I'm nominated them on Saturday but I'm doubling down that kit is lovely and we shall only wear it under half a dozen uh, times. Do you think we'll wear it tonight against the Rose? Because it's that pale, you can sort of get away with nah, it. Nah, Reading will be the grey kit, I think. I think we'll wear it against Brentford. Like, uh, I'm trying to figure out other games where we're going to wear it. But Bristol, we played them yet? We played them. We played them first game of the season. Oh if yeah, you want us to wear it at home? Then... That's true. Yeah, right. We never wear it again, will we? Maybe against teams that play in like red and white. I think we can get away with it, but uh, or similar. But. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's really not, nice. It is a very nice kit. My only beef with it is that it needs dark numbers and a sp- dark sponsor. But I think the reason they've done that is to differentiate it from the home kit. I think it looks nice with the... I know the white numbers don't necessarily help anybody pick any of the players out, but maybe that's good to fool a referee. But I... No, I'm, I'm into it. It's the, the, those blue and uh, gold and white details on it, just that little bit of trim, just works. 
I won't be buying one as we discussed on I don't think on anyone, Saturday. No. Well, I don't think anyone will be buying one because it's no. coming up to Christmas and yet again you can't get a bloody kid's shirt for love no money in the shop. We've got plenty in stock at the squareball.net if people do need a, a junior-sized T-shirt. I think we can oblige, can't we? No, we don't. We don't do we not do kids' sizes? No. Well, I mean, they'll grow. Yeah. Get, an get adult, small and get an adult, adult small and, yeah. and encourage your child to... Uh, a present for you for 10 years down the line. <laughs> or you can look like Lee Bowyer in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Shave their heads as well while they're at it. What other heroes do we have? Does Bielsa deserve a nomination? Just because he's always he's been um, he's been talked about by uh, by Pablo in the, in light of his contract and everything he's said. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot from him on the pitch and personally. He's helped the players to know to give value to the fans and to understand how hard it is for the fans to pay for tickets and travel. We don't just play for us; we play for the fans. That is one thing I do genuinely love about Bielsa is the fact that he's made them understand and connect on an emotional level with what we what we go through and what we invest into the club, both emotionally and you know in terms of money. It was interesting. I interviewed Jonathan Woodgate before the start of the season for four four two, which they've never actually put out because they think he's going to be sacked. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to say that publicly, but it's true. And he was he, he started talking about you know he understands the. He's from Middlesbrough. He understands the situation. Does he know the situation. club? He knows the club, but he also knows the he knows the town. But then you look at the the difference where he's just sort of sitting in his press conferences, singing fucking crocodile shoes all the time, and where Bielsa's actually puts it into action with that litter picking stuff and making sure and reiterating it, and actually has some kind of intellectual basis from it. Whereas, yeah, he's just putting Woody Gates just putting Linda's fan singles on in the dressing room and saying. <laughs> One, get in speed. You know he's not a Geordie, don't you? And that Middlesbrough is nowhere near Newcastle. But he seems to be basing his entire act on being like a really low-rent Bobby Robson, and it's just not working. Right, okay. But back to Bielsa anyway, and how nice he is. He's very nice, yeah. I I would happily... He's probably... I mean, when you, when you have to weigh it up to decide a winner, what's nicest? Marcelo Bielsa or the away kit? Feels a little bit materialistic to say the away kit, but, you know... It's a nice kit. You're forgetting Pat Bamford as well. And he's a nice boy. Inducing incest in the Luton away. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what to say about no, that. No, there's not really anywhere we can go with that, is there? There's a lot of that goes on in the aristocracy, so maybe maybe it's fine with him. I thought you were going to say in Luton for a second. Well, it's not a lot of aristocracy in Luton. Anyway, who are we giving it to? That's your what you should what? be asking us. Pat Bamford, Blue Kit, Luton Stadium or Bielsa? Let's give it to Pat Bamford because... Although I want him to score a perfect hat-trick against Reading tonight, I fear he'll, there's my, maybe some sort of hex on the Reading goals and he'll just miss loads again and we'll be coming in here calling him a villain after the match. So let's give Pat some hay while the hay is being farmed. Yeah. Probably owns a lot of farms, doesn't he? I, I know where you're going with it. So yeah, Patrick Bamford, congratulations. Continue your rich vein of scoring form tonight, please. Or else. Well, that's pretty much it for this one then. Watch out for the new podcast, The Phil Hay Show, later on this week. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have fun with that, I think. Maybe because what we've always found when we've spoken to Phil is he knows stuff, whereas we don't really. I don't know what more insights he could possibly provide into, you know, the Mark Bowen, Paul Bowden thing. (laughs) I mean, he's Scottish. He wouldn't know either. (laughs) Well, um... That will be available for free. It's going to be on our podcast feed is the the first one. And then look out for it if you just search for The Phil Hayes Show in your podcast player. It'll be available for free in that and via the Athletic app. So hope you enjoy that. And we're, we're looking forward to recording that. Should be good fun. We'll get all the feedback from, from Reading as well. Phil's uh, heading down there to, uh, to watch that one today. He'll come back festooned with Carabao. 
We've got mags, mugs, and merchandise on our websites and subscriptions to the Extra Ball as well. Our other podcasts with bonus content for you every week. And if you want to hear lots about Neil Warnock and us probably swearing about him excessively, then that is going to be a good listen this week. Everything you need at thesquareball.net. Right then, back in action again tonight. We'll be doing the match ball later on this evening where we'll be even more ebullient and giant and happy. Giant? Giant, is that a word? Yes. Smoking a giant. A giant, yeah. We will be lots of those. <laughs> we'll speak to you then. Cheers for listening. Bye. The Square Ball Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.